فَإِن زَلَلْتُمْ Then if you were to slip. زَلَلْتُمْ is from the root letter زَاي لَام لَام and زَلَّ is to slip. It's basically the opposite of ثَبَتَ ثَبَتَ is to be firm and stable and زَلَّ is to be unstable and when you're unstable, what happens? You slip, right? But زَلَّ is not just slipping, it's slipping and falling. Because sometimes you slip but before you hit the ground, you you rebalance yourself. Isn't it? But zalla is to slip and fall. So if you slip, مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْكُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ After clear proofs come to you. فَعْلَمُوا Then you should know أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ That indeed Allah is ever almighty and He is ever wise. You see, nobody slips deliberately. Isn't it? Nobody slips deliberately. Who slips? Have you ever slipped on ice? Yeah? Why would you slip on ice? You didn't see the ice. Right? You didn't see the ice. You thought it was just snow. Or you weren't really looking down. You were busy with your phone. Right? You were busy with your phone. And there you stepped on ice and you slipped. You weren't paying attention. Why else would you slip on ice? Exactly. You weren't wearing the right shoes because your snow boots were ugly. You didn't want to wear them to school again. You wanted some nicer, fancier shoes. Right? So you put them on, you stepped outside, stepped straight on the ice, and you slipped. You were not prepared. So you weren't paying attention, and you were not prepared. So what happened? You slipped. So yes, you are not perfect. You will make mistakes. But if you put yourself in a situation where you know you're going to slip, then it is your fault. And you should know that Allah is Aziz and Hakim. Don't always keep saying, Oh Allah will forgive me, forgive me, it's okay. No, there will be consequences to your actions. So be careful. Don't follow shaitan's ways. Because following shaitan's ways means that you're putting yourself in danger. You know, when anybody has a car accident, it's a very sad situation, right? Because on the one hand, there's loss of property in the sense that your car just got damaged, right? But if you were at fault, then what does it mean? What does it mean? Your insurance is going to go high also, isn't it? So on the one hand, your car got damaged, then your insurance is going to go high, and then you damage somebody else's car, so you have to care about that also, worry about that also, and then your dad is mad at you also. So much happens to you. And at the end of the day, you're like, why? You know, for example, if you rear-end somebody, you hit somebody on the back of their car. And why did you hit them? Because the person behind you hit you. Or you thought that, that the person in front of you is going fast enough, so you also sped up. And so you hit them. That was an accident. But why did you hit them? You should have maintained the proper distance between your vehicle and theirs. Isn't it? And you should have been paying attention. To their speed also. And your speed also. This is why, no matter what, in an accident, if you hit somebody, then it is your fault. Isn't it? If you're taking the left turn and you hit somebody, whose fault is it? Your fault. Because you should have been paying attention when choosing to go left. Isn't it? So just like that in life, we do have control over what we want to do or what we don't want to do, where we want to go, where we don't want to go. 
So in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to be careful. Don't put yourself in a situation where you will slip. Don't put yourself in a situation where you will sin. Don't set yourself up for failure. So back to what we studied at the beginning, that enter into Islam completely. If you deliberately leave something of Islam, you're setting yourself up for failure. هَلْ يَنظُرُونَ Are they waiting? إِلَّا أَن يَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظُلَلٍ مِنَ الْغَمَامِ Are they waiting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come? Meaning, why are they not submitting? Why are people not entering into Islam completely? So ask yourself, what am I waiting for? Why am I delaying? You know, because certain actions, we keep delaying. Like for example, we say, when I'm 18, then I'm going to do this. When I'm married, then I will do this. When I become a mom, then I will do this. Like for example, reciting the Qur'an. All of us know that we should be reciting more and more Qur'an every day. But what do we tell ourselves? I'll recite on the weekend. I'll recite on Friday. I'll recite on the long weekend. I'll recite once my exams are over. I'll recite when my children are grown up. We keep delaying, delaying, delaying. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us, هَلْ يَنظُرُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهِ Are they waiting for Allah to come? When will Allah come? What is this referring to? The day of judgment. Because you see the description that's given over here is the description of the day of judgment. That Allah will come فِي ظُلَلٍ مِنَ الْغَمَامِ ظُلَل is the plural of the word ظُلَّ ظَا لَام لَام And ظُلَّ is basically anything that gives shade. Okay, anything that gives shade. And here, ظُلَلٍ مِنَ الْغَمَامِ refers to clouds, pieces of clouds, meaning lots of clouds. Because those clouds will cover the people. Those clouds will be over the people, covering them completely. وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ And the angels also will come. وَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ And the matter will be decided. It will be finalized. وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ And all matters return to Allah anyway. الْأُمُورِ is a plural of أَمْر. You see on the Day of Judgment, this peaceful world or at least the peaceful sky that we live under is not going to stay as it is. We learn in Surah Al-Furqan, Verse 25, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَوْمَ تَشَقَّقُ السَّمَاءُ بِالْغَمَامِ The sky will burst open. How exactly is it going to burst open? We don't know. But it's not going to stay as it is. It's going to burst open, and then there is going to be these clouds. We learn that, وَفُتِحَتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ أَبْوَابَ The sky will be opened up, and so it will be like there will be gates. Meaning from the sky, these clouds will emerge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself will arrive. And the angels also will come. And what's going to happen then? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge the people. So the day of judgment is being described over here. That why are you delaying obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are you waiting for the day of judgment? Are you waiting for the time when you will stand before Allah? Well, when you will stand before Allah, that is the time when you will be judged. That's not the time when you can obey Allah. That's not the time when you can do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you to do. It's too late then. وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ All matters will return to Allah anyway. 
You know, whenever you're getting lazy, or whenever shaitan is bringing excuses to you, that I can't do this because of this and this reason, I can't pray because of this and this reason, right? I can't leave haram because of this and this reason. Ask yourself, am I waiting for the day of judgment? Then I will get up and pray? Then I will start listening? Then I will start obeying Allah? It will be too late then. Sal bani Israel. Ask the children of Israel. Sal is from seen Hamzalam. Sual is to question. So ask the children of Israel. Kam ataynahum min ayatim bayina. How many clear signs we gave them? Because sometimes some people say, I'm still not convinced. You know, yes, I want to start praying, but I'm still not convinced if it's really you know that necessary to pray five times a day. Yeah, I know that. Hijab is part of Islam, but I'm still not convinced. Like, I remember, I was in a different country, and I had to give a lecture there, and a sister came to me, she's like, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay, sure. And she took me for a long drive, for like half an hour, and she was saying, I know I'm supposed to wear hijab. If you ask me the proofs, I'll tell you. I know I'm supposed to. But please convince me. Convince my heart somehow. And I said, I cannot. I cannot, because Allah has already told you, Who am I to tell you now? You have to make yourself do it. She said, I don't do it because of this and this reason. I work here, my friends are like this, my workplace is like this, and my family is like this, and so on and so forth. I said, Allah knows about that. Allah knows your situation. But this is something that Allah expects of you. So don't ask me to convince you. You have to convince yourself. And you have to make yourself do it. Your situation will never be ideal. It will never be perfect. There will always be something or the other going on. Always. Because this life is supposed to be hard, right? Isn't that what we learned at the beginning of the juz, of the second juz? We will test you. Right? So sometimes, you know, we keep waiting to get convinced. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us here, go ask the children of Israel. Did they get convincing miracles? How many clear miracles we gave them. Convincing proofs. They saw miracles. And really, if you think about it, if you start listing the miracles that were given to Bani Israel, how many were there? If you think about it, the way Musa alayhi life was saved, that itself was a miracle. Where Musa alayhi was raised in the house of Fir'aun, that was a miracle, isn't it? Then Musa alayhi escaping to Madian, that was a miracle. Him finding you know, a place to live, That was a miracle. And then when he returned to Egypt, and he's not killed right away, that's a miracle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the miracle of the staff, gave him the miracle of the shining hand, isn't it? And then the punishments that came upon Fir'aun, one after the other. And then finally, when they're taken out of Egypt, the sea is opened up for them, they're in the desert, food is falling on them, the cloud is shading them. I mean, were they given few miracles? No, too many. Were they convinced? Were they convinced? We have read the verses that describe them, isn't it? They were not fully convinced still. So stop waiting for miracles and start obeying. Don't wait for something to happen so that you will change. Change begins from where? From within. Don't wait for something miraculous to happen in your life so that you can become a good person. And you see, many times these events that happen that transform people are very, very painful. So don't ask for such things. 
Yes, so she shared the story of an individual who decided to accept Islam, but before really accepting Islam, they sat and they were like, Oh Allah, show me some miracle, you know, something. And he said, waited, waited, nothing happened. And then as soon as he turned the page of the Qur'an, he found a verse that was so relevant to his situation that he realized that the sign is right in front of me. The miracle is right in front of you. And that miracle is the miracle of the Qur'an. So, سَلْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ كَمْ آتَيْنَاهُمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ بَيِّنَا وَمَنْ يُبَدِّلْ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ And whoever exchanges the blessing of Allah مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتُهُ After the blessing has come to him. And what does it mean by exchanging the blessing after it has come? What does it mean by that? Like for example, imagine you give a gift to someone. Hmm? You get somebody a nice hat. And they open it, they see it, they're like, oh, I don't want it. Can I have the one that's on your head? Or can I have that instead? If somebody wants to exchange the gift that you gave them, how does it feel? You don't like my choice? You don't like what I chose for you? I mean, it's basically being rejected. Isn't it? So exchanging the blessing of Allah means rejecting it for kufr. Rejecting it and taking kufr instead. So what is the blessing here? The blessing of Islam. So whoever rejects it, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Then Allah is severe in the retribution, in punishment. Then fear Allah, because the punishment is severe. So we learned about the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enter into Islam completely. And then our excuses are basically refuted. Whatever excuses we make, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us they're not acceptable. Here, another excuse that we make usually for not entering into Islam completely is refuted. And what is that excuse? Generally, we stay away from certain commands because we feel that if we obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we're going to miss out on something. Or that people are going to make fun of us. Or that people are going to think less of us. So many times what holds us back from obeying Allah is what? Fear of people. Isn't it so? Fear of people. What are people going to say? Lokya kenge. Right? Or that they're going to make fun of us. They're going to laugh at us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةُ dunya." This worldly life has been beautified for who? For those who deny. Those who deny, those who disbelieve, love this worldly life, and they find this worldly life to be very beautiful. Zuyina. You see this word Zuyina is from Zayyanun. And Zina means beauty. Alright? And Tazyin is to beautify something. So basically, it is when something is beautiful to you. You find it beautiful. You find it attractive. Alright? And remember the perceiver always shapes the reality. So it's not necessary that this thing is beautiful. Because beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. So the dunya, worldly life, is very beautiful to those who deny. It's too beautiful for them. So that is what they want. That is what their goal is. That is what their ultimate wish is. So they strive for dunya, they love for dunya, and they gather more and more of dunya. Their goal is dunya. But this is not the goal of the believer. The believer likes the dunya, but he 
is not in love with the dunya. The believer admires the dunya, but he is not satisfied with the dunya. Why? Because he knows that there is something much better after this dunya. And what is that something that's much better? It's paradise. Isn't it? Like for example, if let's say you love cheesecake, for example, and you really want cheesecake. So somebody says, okay, let's go to Walmart and buy some cheesecake from there. And you're like, no. It's not the same as cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. Has it opened here already? Next weekend, okay. So let's say you love cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory and somebody offers you cheesecake from Walmart. Are you going to go for the cheesecake from Walmart? You're going to forget it, man. I mean, nah. Cheesecake Factory, right? That's better. And then there are some people who know that there is another place and their cheesecake is far better than the cheesecake of Cheesecake Factory. So to them, cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory is what? Nothing. Isn't it? It's like some people love chocolate and they're happy with Kit Kat. And then there are some people who, Kit Kat, no way. What do they want? What do they want? Come on, like you guys. Okay, then there's some people who want Lindt chocolate, right? And then there's some people who are like, no, no, I want Purdy's. And then there's some people who are like, no, I want Maison de Chocolat. Where only this much chocolate is like twenty, thirty, fifty dollars. Right? So the point is that when you know that there's something more beautiful, better out there than what is in front of you, doesn't matter. So a believer doesn't just look at the dunya that is in front of them. A believer always considers the hereafter also. And this is a very important lesson that we must understand here. Because only then can we understand the verses before and the verses that will come later. A believer is not short-sighted. A believer is not content with the pleasure of this world. A believer is eager for eternity, for eternal pleasure in the hereafter. That is what he is seeking. And those who don't know the hereafter, those who don't believe in the hereafter, for them, this dunya is everything. You know, for example, if somebody is crying for Smarties, then what do you say? Come on, man, it's just Smarties. It's like sugar, colored sugar. It's not chocolate. It's a pitiful state. You look at them and you feel bad for them. That this individual is crying for Smarties. I mean, there's something much better out there. Why would you cry for Smarties? So a believer likes the dunya, admires it, but is not content with it. His happiness is not dependent on this dunya. He is happy when he has the hereafter, when he has Jannah, when he has Mardatillah. That is the goal. But the disbelievers, Allah says for them, this dunya is too beautiful. So what happens? وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا They make fun of those who believe. What does it mean by this? Every disbeliever makes fun of a believer? No. But there are people who disbelieve who will make fun of believers. Why? Because when a believer's goal is Jannah, then his life will show that. His life choices will show that. Like for example, when a believer wants Jannah, then he will not deal with haram in this dunya. No matter how easy it is, he'll not take it. He's not going to take it because it's haram. 
And then there will be another person who will say, what do you mean you're not going to take it? All you need to do is just go and you know sign something and then you'll get so much benefit, you'll get so much money. You can live in a bigger house, you can drive a better car, you can have so much fun. I mean, why wouldn't you take it? And a believer will not take it because to him, Jannah is more important. Like I remember once I went somewhere to get my hair done and as I was leaving, I was putting my hijab on and the hairdresser was just staring at me. She's like, what do you mean? You're going to put that on? And I'm like, I'm looking at her, I'm like, yes, I am putting it on. She couldn't believe it. That how could you not display that? How could you not show that off? Or how could you hide it? Why would you hide it? And why would you almost ruin something so beautiful? Because you have to follow your religion. Like why? What's going on? I remember another place I went to, I was wearing my abaya. As I got there, was only ladies over there. So I took my abaya off and there was a non-Muslim lady there and she's just staring at me. She's like, you're wearing such a beautiful dress, but it was covered outside. And I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to cover it. So it was very shocking for her. She couldn't understand. But for me, alhamdulillah, it's easy. Why? Because my goal is not to just have everything here in dunya. The goal is also to have something in Jannah. And to get there, I have to stay within certain rules, within certain limits. So yes, sometimes when you stay within the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set for you, people will laugh at you. How could you go hungry all day? Not even a sip of water? How? How could you wait until you're married? What about dating? How could you, you know, not try alcohol? Like how? Right? Just try it. It's so this, it's so that. How could you do this? How could you not do this? So some people will actually make fun of you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about that. That Zuyina Lilladina Kafarul Hayatu Dunya Wayasharuna Mina Ladina Amanu. They will make fun of those who believe. وَالَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Highlight this part. This is so beautiful. People who fear Allah will be above the rest on the Day of Judgment. When you hold yourself back, when you don't follow every wish of yours, you turn that music off, or you put that hijab on, or you leave your TV and go and pray, or you stay away from that haram food, you leave what Allah does not want you to do. That is taqwa. And this taqwa is what's going to elevate you. وَالَّذِينَ تَقَوْ فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ People of taqwa will be above the rest on the Day of Judgment. They will be the highest. وَاللَّهُ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ And Allah provides whomsoever He wills without any measure. Meaning in this world, yes, some people who disobey Allah have so much, and those who obey Allah have so little. It happens. There's a righteous person, they're suffering from poverty, and there's a person who doesn't even believe in Allah, and they're living such a lavish life. This is up to Allah. Allah can give whoever He wants more, and He can give whoever He wants less. This is His decision, because this life, after all, is a test.